0: This podcast might have bad words because my daddy says words like sh and other bad words too much. Listener description is advised. Hello and welcome to the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads, where dads talk about life, kids, and stuff. We are your hosts. Galan. Joe. And I am John. Guys, last episode of the year, so I'm told. <laughs> it's actually the last episode of the year this time. All right. All right. Yeah. The 32nd podcast.
1: Episode that we've done. Yes. Yeah.
0: All right. Awesome. Awesome. I'm surprised you guys have
1: <laughs> put up with me for this long.
0: And each episode's better than the next, guys. That's
1: right. Wait a second.
0: Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, no. Uh, it's, it's been really fun. Let's <laughs> go downhill. We've t- yeah. We've talked to a lot of interesting dads yes. with cool perspectives throughout the year, mm-hmm. and none more so than our guest, who we are going to play the second half of the interview with today.
1: Yep. That is uh, WFAA Sports Broadcaster, Dale Hansen. That's World right. World renowned. Yes, and you know, uh, viral video producer sensation. Well, I don't yes. think he produces. Us. Well, no, but he's one that he's one that comes up with the content. Well, well, that's, that's true. Oh yeah, writer. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm stupid. Yeah, well, we know that. Oh, sorry, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, if there's kidding. any kids listening, <laughs> they just realized I said a bad word because stupid oh, is bad Santa word. Santa
0: didn't bring you any brains. No, <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> unfortunately, I wasn't gifted with any brains from the day I was
2: born. <laughs> that's just cool. Thanks, that's mom cool. and dad. Just a whole bunch of heart. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, so uh, guys, sit back relax listen to the second half of our interview with del hansen if you haven't listened to the first part yet go ahead and grab that episode that was last week and then come back and listen to this one for the startling conclusion (laughs) to the del hansen detox saga
1: So I guess that's one of the interesting things, that, like you talked about the way that your your granddaughter is different. You know, they're like, raised differently, the way she acts. I guess if, how have you observed parenting change from when you were a parent, like b- b- particularly between how you raised your kids and how they raise theirs? Like you said, you wanted to be their friend, which, yeah. like you said, a lot of parents do nowadays. Oh, I think they still do. Yeah, yeah. yeah Unfortunately, but, but, yeah. But, like,
3: w- but I think there's I, see this this is this is the theory that I've always had, and I'm and I'm. I'm actually pretty sure I'm right about this. Uh, I mean, this will probably offend a few people along the way, but, but <laughs> that's what
0: we're all about here. Gee, yeah, that's I, I've right.
3: never in my life offended anybody before. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this, this to me is kind of the problem that I think a lot of parents have. You know, we we have no pamphlet for this. No. Uh, you know, we no. have we have no formula for this. Um, you know, it, it, the single most important job we have. The single most important thing we do. As a people, is raise children and give them an opportunity to compete in life, and no one really knows how to do it. Right. No one really does, uh, and, I, and I say this because I, I know for a fact that you know there's some of the greatest families ever uh, in, in Plano and Capel and Frisco, and the husband and the, the mother's home all day, and the husband comes home with a million dollars in his bank account, and the kids have a, a HBO and their TV and their private cell phones, and you know the, the parents go to every and Plano leads the nation in teenage suicides. Mm. <laughs> and, and the drug epidemic in, in North Dallas, among some of our richest kids, is, is, is staggering. And then you go to South Dallas, and, you know, the father's not there, the mother's not there, they're broken homes, they're, uh, you know, nobody's there to fix them breakfast in the morning because they don't even have enough money to buy breakfast. And some of those kids that I've had the opportunity to meet over the years are some going to be and are some of the most outstanding citizens we've ever raised in America. And I sit there, and I look at the dichotomy of this, and I go, how, how is this possible? I thought, if mom and dad were home for dinner every night at 6 o'clock, and they went to their kids' games, and they bought them all these nice things, and put them in a nice bedroom, well, then everything would be great. And the reality is, it's just not. And it's a scary proposition, that if I take you to the General Motors plant, and I hire you to put bumpers on cars, I have a booklet. And the booklet says, here's how you do it. You put in this screw, this screw, this screw. And, oh, by the way, you should do 10 an hour. And I'll be able to judge at the end of this hour if you're good at your job or not. Right. Uh, oh, it, sportscasters, here's what you have to do. Here's how you do it. Uh, if, if, if you do this, A, B, C, and D, you got to write this in the script. You've got to give the director that. And, oh, by the way, at the end of the day, we'll look at the ratings. We'll look at the job you did. And we can judge easily if you're good or bad. A parent? we got no idea we got no idea. And the thing that really makes me angry almost, and, and what really k- drives me nuts, is it's the only thing in America that you don't have to pass a test.
2: <laughs> I mean, yes.
3: every place you go. You want to drive a car? Well, certainly, certainly. You know, John, you you got to pass this test first. Every job I've ever applied for in my life. Well, Mr. Hansen, we'd love to hire you, but we're going to have to give you this test. Um, you, Every job. <laughs> yep. You want to be a teacher? Of course you do, but you got to go to school first, and then you got to be an intern, and then you got to have to pass the test. And you want every single job in America, every single job requires you to pass some kind of a test. Yep. You want to be a parent? No oh, hell. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> you just go out there and you just have a kid, and uh, don't you know? And then we'll figure it out later. I mean, think about that. Yep. That's insane. I I don't have this great answer necessarily. (laughs) But think about this. The single most important thing we're asking adults in this society to do, in my opinion, is to raise children. And it's the only thing in America that you can do without passing a test first. You can, and the reality is, I think it would be almost impossible to give you such a test Because we don't know what the questions are and we certainly don't know what the answers are. Because all you have to do is look at the city we live in and just start looking north, south, east and west. Look at the rich families, the poor families, the families in between. And I'll find good kids in every neighborhood in our whole region and I will find bad kids in every part of the region we live in. And I step back from that and I go, how's that possible? How is that possible? Part of what helped me, when I was growing up in this little town in Iowa, my dad was so strict and he was so mean and he was so demanding and I just resented it every day. I mean, Eric, he would walk up the steps, he would take a. He always did the same thing. He would come up the steps from the basement, take a left to go through the kitchen, and as I heard him coming up the steps, I went right down the hallway and then I would go back down into the basement <laughs> so that I could avoid him. And One of my best buddies, Denny Cadell, his dad, Chet, might have been the coolest old man I think I've ever seen in my life. And we'd go down there and he'd flip us a couple of cigarettes and he'd let us sneak a beer out of his refrigerator and he would joke with us about the girls that we were going to go out and date that night and make all these obscene jokes that would make a 14-year-old boy just giggle. <laughs> and we could do anything and it didn't matter what time. When I, so whenever you wanted to go out and have a big party, you just told your dad you're staying all night at Denny Cadell's house because Chet didn't care. And I thought, man, oh man. Why can't my old man be like Chet Cadell? And Denny died as an alcoholic at 39 years of age. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And I think in great part because he was Chet Cadell's son. Yeah. Yeah. He was drinking, he was smoking, he, he had no demands on him, he was struggling through school, he bounced around a few jobs, and he dies you know, of a heart attack when he's 39, 40 years old. Um, that was such an incredible eye opener for me and uh, came a little bit late for my kids uh, uh, because they were already out of high school and on their way to college. But from that day forward, I tried as best I could to say, these are the rules. Uh, uh, These are the expectations I have, and I'm not afraid to make them because I demand greatness from you. I demand it, and I demand it because I expect it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to beat you up if you don't do it, (laughs) but I want you to know there are standards, and um, one of the hardest things I ever did in my life, I kicked my daughter out of the house, she was going to college at North Texas, and she comes home, and she had like a 1.0, because she was just a party girl like her old man, and uh, I just kicked her out, and she was slumming in East Texas someplace, and scrambling to put her life back together, and... um, it was a friend of mine that kind of convinced me of this tough love policy. And again, I'm not saying it works for everybody, but it worked for us. And finally, my wife went to see her one time and said, oh my gosh, I mean, it's, she's just living in squalor. And uh, I got her on the phone. She breaks down crying. I break down crying. I said, you want to go back to school? You want to do it right? She ended up graduating from North Texas, got her master's degree, and she's a principal at Truett Elementary now. Oh, wow. uh, awesome. And I really do think, although she'll probably tell you to this day, that was a little bit harsh, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think without question that had I apologized for her failures, had I um, uh, rushed to her defense, like I did most of the time, um, and just, you know, she gets arrested for not paying her speeding tickets or whatever, well, then you figure it out. You sit there for a while. I may or may not come bail you out. Um, unfortunately it's hard for parents to do it and I think more so nowadays because you know I, I, I get so sick and tired of parents who always blame the coach when their kids not the star quarterback <laughs> Yep, uh, they blame <laughs> the teacher when their grades aren't right I mean my daughter yep. wrestles with this on a daily basis and you'll see these kids that just you know, and again there's other issues in play here I get that but it's always the school's fault it's always the teacher's fault my dad never took the side of a coach my dad never thought the umpire made a mistake my dad never thought the teacher was being unfair to me it never ever happened I was not allowed to mouth off to an umpire I was not allowed to question the coaches I was not allowed to to argue with a teacher and I said but dad I'm telling you they're wrong didn't want to hear it (laughs) and I'm in hindsight i'm not sure they were quite honestly but i but i absolutely believe that we would be better served um, i really do believe this if and i never did it with my kids by the way I, I never that's the thing that i the one thing that i do think i was pretty decent at i i never allowed my kids to argue with an umpire i never blamed my coaches their coaches rather or their their teachers that i didn't want to hear never did want to hear that uh, and that was about as close as I got to what you might consider real discipline. Um, but parents, parents who blame coaches and umpires and referees and <laughs> teachers just drive me
1: crazy. Yeah, we're in the same boat there. That drives yeah, just irritates me to no end that they do that. Like there's no there's no ownership. It's not your kid did mess up. It's no. You know, it's always blame, and, and we live in a culture of that. Blame someone else. Blame, well, blame someone else, walk and, and, away. And we, and we all win. See? That's your yeah, I, yeah. I'm old school here. <laughs> no. But I, I went to this little
3: 7th grade banquet. Or, you know, every kid on the team got a trophy. And I realize this is old school here. <laughs> They're not all that good. But <laughs> One of you kids did not deserve a trophy. I mean, I'm sorry.
0: Some, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark here.
3: That one of you kids was not the most improved fat kid who couldn't whatever. I don't want to hear. It. <laughs> I like Me, I never got a prize I, no, when I was a kid. I didn't I, I, trickle- I lost when I was four years old. <laughs> I, I played organized baseball at the age of four, and we had winners and losers, and I remember crying dozens of times, uh, uh, all the way through school, at different you know, and I wouldn't have it any other way. No, no. I I just, I just wouldn't. I, I, as I've said many times, I don't really care. You know, when my son or daughter would lose a game, uh, because as I said, I'm not going to get upset because somebody decided to stop the game before my kid had an opportunity to recapture the lead. You know, I'm just that—that's hey, that's the <laughs> way we play. I, my son would have got the lead back, but they decided to stop the game. I'm sorry, we're done. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and yet, you know, I would—I would cry. The, the last baseball game I played, I I'll never forget it. I wish I could, quite honestly. Um, but the last baseball game I played, uh, we had ten kids on our team. Uh, we only had ten, and uh, we had one little fat kid that sat on the bench in case somebody broke a leg, and that was about <laughs> it. And we were in this, the state tournament, and we're playing an all-star team from Council Bluffs, Iowa. Now, now think about this. My hometown was 1,300 people, and we had 10 kids who went out for the baseball team, and nine of us played, all nine played, and that's it. And the other kid, eh, very soft. <laughs> and the next thing I know, we're playing this team, an all-star team, from Council Bluffs, which is a town of about 70,000. And they've got like 20 kids. On that wow. team, and they show up with cheerleaders and busfuls of parents and fans, and uh, oh my! I, mean, I never seen like that in my life. They had kids of color, which wh- I, not where I come from, you know. I'm all of a sudden we're, this, this black kid gets a base hit. He's still second and third before I had even had a chance to look up for crying sake. And I mean, and we had him beat, and now but we're down five to four, and th- there's two runners on base, and Mark Clark batted third. I batted cleanup. And Mark Clark got called out on a pitch that I swear to you it was a foot outside and about a foot too high. <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm coming to bat with the bases loaded and there was nothing I wanted more. I mean, I had no fear in those days. I had no fear. And the umpire signals strike three. And I'm like, I mean, I've never been so mad. Because we had a chance to beat this all-star team from Council Bluffs. A town of 70,000 people. And they, it wasn't even a team from Council Bluffs. It was an all-star team <laughs> from Council <of> Bluffs. <laughs> and we're driving home, and my old man just looked at me and he said, well, maybe if you hadn't thrown that ball away when the kid tried to steal third and he ended up scoring, you'd have been tied. Uh. And I'm like, that's your answer to me? You know? <laughs> and, and uh, but, but, you know, he just... Never said how proud he was. Never said, you know, what a great effort. None of that stuff. We lost. End of story. Get over it. And and, and for the most part, it, it's only been it, it's only been about uh, 57 years, so I'll be over it here pretty <laughs> soon. maybe, maybe uh, one day. There. I mean, it's <laughs> it's there. eaten away at me for about 56, 57 years. You're working I mean, on I'm, it. It's okay. I'll move on here eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I tell the truth, in, in hindsight, I, I, watched, I watched my son lose some games and as I told people on the air back in those days, I, well, I'm a little hoarse today because I went to watch my son play. And I'm screaming and hollering, but I'm screaming and hollering you know, right. in an encouraging way. Uh, you know, just yelling for the good old aspect of yelling at a basketball game. Right. And I never, railed on my, uh, I never railed on my son for what he did or didn't do on a game. I never railed on my daughter for what she did or didn't do uh, at a game. And I constantly told them, um, and I think they had a little trouble understanding this for a while. But I said, I don't really care if if you win or lose. I, I really don't. Uh, I, I better not ever hear that you kind of dogged it. You know, <laughs> uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna play by the rules. You're gonna play with enthusiasm. You're gonna keep your mouth shut around umpires, and you're gonna make people around you better. That, that's the mantra of my whole life. That, that's that, that's the basic lesson that my dad taught me when I was four years old. You play with enthusiasm. You play by the rules. You keep your mouth shut around those umpires. And you try to make people around you better. You win. I don't care what the final score is. You win when you play the games. And you follow those same four simple rules that I learned on a baseball field when I was four. That's how you win in life. I mean, you think about it? You compete with enthusiasm in life. You play by the rules as as best we can. You, you, You never mouth off to the people in authority. And if you really do commit yourself to making people around you better, oh my gosh, it's stunning how many individual honors and awards will come your way. I mean, guys, I've made a lot of money over the years just saying, here's George Reba. I mean, I said, you know, here's your trophy, you know. I mean, that's what, you know, oh, I said on the air, I go, hey, here's George Reba, here's Mike Leslie, here's Joe Trehan. you know, here's Jerry Orr, here's Tony Martinez. Um, once I realized <laughs> how important it was that the people around me got more credit and, and got more involved and more opportunities to shine, I'm dead serious about this. When I was in Omaha, Nebraska, the whole show was me. The, the whole sports cast was me. When I came to Dallas at Channel 4, and I had a certain amount of success there, but I got fired eventually. But the whole show was me. I mean, I did my own package stories. I did my own highlights. I edited the tapes. Uh, when I even had an editor, I'd lean over their shoulders. and say, no, 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 back that up, move it here. Put that play in. I don't like that. Move, you know, give me a cutaway. You know. Then I came to, to Channel 8. And that's when I started, here's George Reba. Yeah. And Reba had his claim to fame, Jerry Ord, Tony Martinez, now Mike Leslie, Joe Trahan. And, and they fill up m- more than half of my sports cast every night. And it cannot possibly have worked out any better. And the simple lesson of all of that was is that I did everything I could to give the people around me an opportunity to be great. And The better they are, uh, the more recognition they get, it always works its way back to me. I mean, it really does. I don't mean that as arrogant or selfish or whatever. But Arnold Payne did this unbelievable story about a boxer who lost his leg the other day. Worked on it for a couple of months, putting this beautiful piece together. And I knew it would happen, and it did. And I got about 10 emails the very next morning Dale, I just got to tell you that might be one of the best stories you've ever done, and and my whole contribution to that story was basically saying, "What a story this is!" Here's Arnold <laughs> Payne, uh, and and yet, and so I forwarded these emails to AP, and I said, "Hey, I told you this was going to happen." <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Yep. Yeah, you know, That's I always awesome. use the analogy of like Michael Jordan, you know. Uh, yep. Michael Jordan was an unbelievable player for six years, but nobody thought he was the best player in the game. They thought it was Larry Bird or Magic Johnson, or you know. And then all of a sudden, uh, he wins six NBA championships. He, he didn't score as much then. Uh, he passed the ball more, you know. Shared the spotlight with Scottie Pippen. Bingo, they're winning NBA titles. And as soon as they did, Michael Jordan became the greatest basketball player of all time. Well, he didn't do anything in years 7 through 12 that he didn't do in years 1 through 6,
2: right. Right.
3: except win. And it's the same thing for kids. And, and uh, uh, there are just too many parents out there now uh, uh, who just get obsessed with you know, how many points did their kids score. Yeah. How, many, how many yards did my son run for? Uh, how, how did my daughter perform in the meet as compared to ignoring the rest of the team? No, that was, that was never the message that my dad gave to me, and it was never the message I gave to my kids. And if I've done anything in my life, I think that's probably the best thing I did do.
1: Um, well, but, yeah, so I guess one of the, the quick things before we wrap up is, you, you know, in years past you were known for charities with kids and everything. Is there anything that you're doing now that you can promote here or that people in the DFW area or even outside of it could look into?
3: Well, the only charity I've I've kind of moved on to now for for a lot of reasons is domestic violence. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, the Genesis Women's Shelter is probably where um, uh, most of my work and most of my money on occasion goes, and um, I, I believe very strongly in in in, in helping kids and and uh, because as I said earlier, it, it it is the single most important thing we we can do. Um, but um, as much as I'd like to say, hey, you know. Here's the Boys Club that I help, you know, send money. Um, I, I've kind of moved. I've, I've moved most of my attention and most of my time, and and uh, and the occasional check and whatever, is to um, is to domestic violence because I've seen too much of that in our cities. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to do what little bit I can to help stamp that out. Although uh, the reality is I don't think it's ever going to happen. That's an
1: incredibly important thing to, to do. I mean, yeah, we, we might be a dad podcast, but domestic abuse yeah. is something that you can't. Well, and
3: again, I think it's a part of uh, being a dad. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I just recorded a promo today for the Genesis Women's Shelter. And it was talking about the fact that 40% of kids who grow up in an unhealthy relationship um, where, where they see violence in the house. Uh, 40% of those kids will become abusers themselves. And I think it's incredibly important for every dad out there uh, to realize uh, real men don't hit women. Uh, Gentlemen don't hit women. And as bad as that oven by itself is, when you think about the fact that by you being an abuser, as horrific as that individual act is, uh, your son's probably going to follow you. Uh, So... So if, if you can't rein yourself in and realize that real men don't hit women and for whatever reason you can't rein yourself in to stop abusing the woman that you're in a relationship with now do you do you really want to raise your son to be an abuser because I think that's 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 ultimately the, the arguments that we have in society and I've also told this story many many times but um, I you know, parents should be the role models for their children. But I do believe the, the obvious reality is is that too many times in our society, they, they just can't be. They're right. just not. Right. Uh, my dad never smoked a cigarette in his life. Uh, told me about the evils of smoking and the dangers of smoking long before the Surgeon General ever got around to it in 1964. But Arnold Palmer did a commercial after winning the Masters and said that smoking cigarettes help calm him down on the golf course. <laughs> yeah. And I, as wow. I, I said, well, my dad drove a truck. Yeah. Arnold Palmer won the Masters. <laughs> I'm 14 years old, and I had a pack of cigarettes in my golf bag. <laughs> and I would get away from the clubhouse, and I would light up and start smoking, because Arnold Palmer said that it made him a better golfer. Wow. It's like a buddy of mine said, well, you know, I, it's like the kids wear their cap on backwards, you know, or something. I, one, I don't care about that, of course, but I'm saying... You know, well, I told my son, "I'm I'm the boss of our family. I'm I'm the mentor." Uh, so I told my son, "Turn that cap around." And by golly, he left the house and he had his cap bill facing forward. And I looked at him. This was a buddy my Mike Fisher, and we're on the air uh, on a radio show. And I said, "I bet you a hundred dollars." He turned that cap around before he was a hundred feet out that front door, <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> because Tony Romo wore his cap backwards, or right. Ken Griffey Jr., whoever his idol was. Right, right, and. That's the, 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 the problem that parents have in our society right now is that they're trying to raise their children, and there's so many out, outside influences that are making it so hard, which takes us back to where I began this very long conversation. Listen to your kids. Listen to what it is they need and what they want and try to help them get there. You don't have to dictate to them, but you do have to be the father. You do have to be the mother. You do have to be the, the elder statesman in the room. Don't be afraid to be a disciplinarian, but pay attention. Because I love kids. Kids don't scare me. Uh, I had the Beatles bangs hanging into my eyes. uh, You know, I had a choker chain I used to wear later, you know, uh, the stupid (laughs) beads thing we used to wear. My dad was convinced I was going straight to hell. Um, And I think I came out okay. Um, So, I mean, I I, I love kids. I don't understand them, but but,
2: uh, I, I, (laughs) I love
3: kids, and I just think parents make a mistake. By trying to tell their kids, this is the music you listen to. Oh, please. Every generation of kids listens to something that we all know the devil himself wrote. (laughs) I mean, that music was written, produced by the devil. There's not a doubt in my mind. Uh, As it was when the Beatles started playing for me and Elvis started (laughs) playing for my cousin before. I mean, um, you know, it's a great opportunity to be a parent. um, But it starts uh, just by simply listening to what your kids want and need. That's, that's awesome. Is. We've come full no. circle. Yeah, we, I have. Think we have. We so totally. yeah, so, have. Yeah, it's called uh, callback.
1: It is. Oh, okay, awesome. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, we're getting oh, into terms callback. here. Mr. Dil-Hance. Oh No, no, I was going to gonna say, say the same thing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. For taking yeah. the time. You know, It's an awesome conversation to, yeah. to, to, to just listen to you talk the someone of your experience just to, through life. No, I appreciate it very much. guys. No. Anytime. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank like you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Welcome back. We the to Talks <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Why do you get to why do you get to start with like with some like character from Star Fox sixty four
1: Huey McKerman? There's a apparently there's a Hashtag uh, Star Fox. A, I got a I got a <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> Switch for Christmas and apparently they're coming out with a new Star Fox and Metroid.
0: Well nice man. Score. Yeah. Score that's a hashtag Dadwin dad win. Let's yeah. just uh, let's just rapid fire a bunch of these off to Joe Yeah I got a,
1: um, no but it, we got I got Super Mario Odyssey which apparently like with a second controller the kid like uh you, the second player controls Mario's hat which oh. apparently is really cool for uh, kids. I just haven't hooked it up yet
0: Right on cool exactly cool. Well guys it's uh that time of the episode where we do America's favorite segment Dad joke of the week That's right And
1: John do you have a dad folk Dad joke for us a second week in a row
0: I do, and in fact, this is one that we belled out of that you can hear on a bonus segment, but I'm going to try it again with you guys. So (laughs) just pretend to laugh or groan. You may not have to pretend to groan, (laughs) but if you think it's fun, if you, uh, I don't know, whatever. All right, so on to this joke. This is a little medieval stringed instrument humor. I think you guys know where this is going. I dressed up as a harp for Halloween, but someone said my costume was too small. I said, Are you calling me a liar?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> still funny
0: are you calling me a liar it still works yeah l-y-r-e
1: you didn't loot me down
0: <laughs> okay that's better that's yeah, better yeah that was good I, i'm glad that we had a second take on that yeah. you really brought that home yeah,
1: god knows i can't do things right the first time you think
0: <laughs> who can man um so uh what should i say oh you know what happy new year to yes. everyone that's happy listening new year, yes um that's it's pretty awesome either
1: you listen to us on sunday and you're going to Have a really happy new year tonight, or you're listening to us in 2018 on Monday. And I hope you're having a really good new year.
2: There you go. I want to say it's been a great 2017 for us. We actually started the podcast at the tail end of 2016. We did. We are one year old. We are one year old. It has been a wild ride. We've interviewed a bunch of people, we've given a bunch of advice. Our kids have grown,
0: we've eaten bacon.
2: We have eaten bacon. You know, we had a great 2017. I think we're going to have an even better 2018. We're on the Vocal Now community, and we've got some great content lined up uh, for our first couple months in 2018. It's been good, and we're not stopping anytime soon.
1: Nope, not at all.
2: (laughs) You can't stop this train wreck, and you can't look away either. (laughs) Totally, totally.
0: Um, so, guys, I guess just a little housekeeping here at the end of the year. Uh, if you want to send us comments or suggestions, ideas for segments, or if you or someone you know has a dad story that needs to be told, that's part of what we do on this podcast. You can find all of our contact information at detoxpodcast.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast.com. You can also find links to our Patreon there. Um uh, Patreon is a. Our Patreon is where we put up our bonus content. There's some free stuff out there you can listen to, or for as little as two dollars a month, you can hear all of our stuff um, and all of the bonus segments that we put up there that we've bailed out of in the actual episode because uh, Galan said inappropriate stuff,
1: uh, which it happens quite a bit. You can also find our library of past episodes uh, going back to December 2016. That's right. Um,
0: We've had a lot of cool interviews this past year. Uh, father with a son who has autism mm-hmm. yep. uh, was very interesting. Dell, of course, um <clears throat> Uh, Todd,
1: Todd Pipes of Deep Blue something. Yep.
0: Yep, um we talked to Judge Moyer. Yep. Uh, that was pretty awesome. So, uh, Cito uh, Ramos Jr. Oh, totally. Yep. That's one of my favorite yeah. episodes yeah. We've and, done. And we did. And
1: we and we are kind of talking to him about having him back in 2018 too. That's right. And awesome. going to that taco place yes, that he talked about on, on location. that we talked to him about. Eating yes. tacos and, and doing the podcast and there. And the podcast there. Yeah. How great so would that be? So so
2: there's some more preview for 2018? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're, we're looking this at doing
1: some things being a little more mobile. We have a pretty mobile setup. So it would be great to uh, to get out and about and have some on location. Yeah. We're also working um, on
2: a pretty big on location set for probably around April, but no details confirmed no yet. Details yeah. So if yet, it falls through, so. then just forget I ever said anything. Yeah, no, we'll just make up something <laughs> be like, be like, uh, yeah, my neighbor. Here we are <laughs> outside Galan's house, interviewing anybody that walks by. Yeah. That is what might be – we might could get some stuff <laughs> yeah. if we did that. It would
1: awesome. Actually, yeah, it'd be cool. It makes it be cool to do that, to be like at a, at a comic book store or something mm-hmm. and just get all the dads oh, sure. in there with their kids or whatever. There's all kinds of ideas mm-hmm. and the fact that I got nothing. Guys, the world is our oyster. I know.
2: All 14 people that support us. But to be fair, it really is, and we've got some good stuff lined up. So.
1: No, thanks Thanks to everyone that's, that's – Don't gone. nobody go nowhere. That's listened know, to...
2: Hashtag don't nobody go nowhere.
1: Wow, you weren't really texting on that. But no, thanks to everyone I that, am, that that's, that's listened to and supported our podcast along the way. Thanks to Vocal for... Um, hosting us and, and everything they've done thanks to the people that have been on, the people that are going to be on, um, and the people that have sent us emails and comments on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a and hashtag. all the people
0: that have sent us bourbon. That was yes. very nice of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And keep that coming. We really appreciate it.
1: <laughs> and uh, what is it, Chris, is on our Facebook page? Hashtag Glitter Considerations. Just oh, yes. Chris. Love Chris. Yes, yep. thank yep. you, Chris. So We're sending you a glitter for bomb right now. Thanks for supporting us. But yes. yeah.
2: <laughs> and we also want to thank our uh, wives for putting up with this uh, project. Yes. Except for mine, man. She's a real <laughs> battle axe. Th-
1: thanks to thanks to Ellie for putting together a uh, yes. explicit warning. Totally. somewhere early into our I think our fourth episode she's yes.
0: awesome she's awesome
1: We should get a we need to get Sylvie to do one or Ellie to do another yeah. one that's right yeah. like,
0: too bad we don't have any dads on this podcast that have terrible kids because we're only getting dads with great kids right. perspectives yes. I mean there's still time for both right. of your kids to go wrong right but so far so good guys so yeah. congratulations thanks. thanks all right <laughs> so it's that time of the episode yes would, which we get to at the end of every episode which is time for the podcast to end. But that means that it's time for the hashtag roundup where we vote. That's on
2: right. Today's <laughs> <laughs> episode's hashtag. hashtag, hashtag. So, wow. Joe, what are our contenders for today? Today on the hashtag roundup,
1: <laughs> Gladiators ready. I'm gonna do this every time. Contenders uh,
0: hashtag ready.
2: Roundup. It's a new thing.
0: It's yes. a new thing for 2018.
2: We've got uh, hashtag
1: new thing for 18.
2: <laughs> a late sounds, contender. We do have a late contender. We have that a T-shirt with suggestive. that on there. Oh, it does! <laughs> oh, god, it really does. Better than, I wrote better than it out she's,
1: oh. she's my cherry pie. No. Nope. Okay. What? All right. <laughs> wow, you've <laughs> dated yourself and made it extremely more creepy. <laughs> was that Why Snake or something? <laughs> Just stop. Just I stop. don't know. Stop. All right. No uh, warrant. Warren? Warrant. It's oh, on. that was warrant. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, that's oh so, I remember that from Guitar Hero. That's so Hero. terrible. Yeah,
0: exactly. See.
2: Hashtag Star Fox intro. Hashtag Dad win. Hashtag Don't nobody go nowhere. And hashtag new thing for eighteen. Bow who wants to go who wants to go first um i'll do the what
1: is the hashtag nowhere for nothing don't nobody go nowhere don't want nobody go nowhere
0: I'm going to second that. Hashtag don't nobody go nowhere. Uh, Mickey, you not,
1: you, I unanimous. <laughs> I'll, uh,
0: I'll you make it
2: unanimous. Unanimous. Yeah. So, by the way, that's a Back to the Future reference. Uh, after the band gets done playing, they say, well, we're going to take a little break. So, uh, don't nobody go nowhere. Nice. So, Marvin, say? So, yeah. no, no, no. Marvin No, Barry. Marvin Barry.
0: Just, Dang it. It's I your do cousin, that all
2: the time. Marvin. Marvin Barry. You know yeah. that new song, sound you've been looking for? Listen to this. I'm not sure it's okay that you just did that impression. <laughs> I did it in a horrible Texan accent. Yes. And that is what I'm sticking to. Oh, we're going to hell. So <laughs> This is coming out of this. So I think we could. I think this so. This has got to come out of this. Okay.
1: I have to remember that. Maybe I'll make sure to edit it this weekend.
0: Okay. <laughs> if not, that's going to be hilarious. <laughs> not really.
1: Oh, fuck. i have to edit it now. <laughs> yeah, right, there we sweet. Go. Right, now cool. I have to
0: remember it. Uh, you're going you're gonna to have to remember it to edit it
2: now, you chwat. <laughs> all right. <laughs> fuck alls. <laughs>
1: you guys don't have to be so cunty about it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Oh, man. Dude, this is where Johnny going to drop an F-bomb for the first time so I can edit it out and no one will know. There we go. So I guess we could... Uh, we could. S- all, right, all right, so let's, let's just jump, start just, from...
0: jump right back into it.
2: That's right. All right, so we've got hashtag Star Fox intro. Hashtag dadwin, hashtag don't nobody go nowhere, and hashtag new thing for 18.
1: As much as I want to do the most inappropriate hashtag we've come up with, I'm going to go with don't nobody go nowhere.
0: I second that. Hashtag don't nobody go nowhere. I'll make I'll it, make it unanimous. unanimous. That's right. Woo! Yes. Yeah! We have a unanimous winter this week. We have a unanimous winter. Winter. <laughs> Wintley. <laughs> Guys, we got to get out of this episode before yes. we all end up in a nursing home. <laughs> Alright, thank you guys for listening, thank you for spreading the word Uh, Hey, we'll be back in 2018 And we we hope you'll be there to join us We have a lot of cool things planned for you dads And everyone else that listens to us So thank you very much And until then, hashtag don't nobody go nowhere And hashtag be a better dad
1: Special thanks to John, Justin, and Eddie For supporting the podcast Thanks so much guys Detox is a production of Vocal for more information and more
2: programming please visit vocalnow.com that's v o k a l now.com